0: You're listening to Shine On, a podcast presented by Solar Power Europe, the European Association for Solar Power. Join us as we shine a light on the latest developments in the solar sector. Hello and welcome to Shine On, a podcast presented by Solar Power Europe. I'm your host, Lucas Clark Memler, and in this new series, Solar Success in Africa, I will discuss inspiring solar projects from across the continent with a range of guests. This series has been developed in cooperation with GetInvest, a European program that aims at mobilizing investments in decentralized renewable energy projects, supported by the EU, Germany, Sweden, the Netherlands, and Austria. In this episode, I have the pleasure of talking with Matthew Oros, founder and CEO of One Power Africa. So thanks for being here today, Matt. Thanks for having me, Lucas. And can I first ask where you're uh, calling in from today?
1: I've actually returned to the, to the U.S. from Lesotho. I'm in Boston, Massachusetts. Okay. And plan to be returning to Lesotho next week if all goes well.
0: Okay, okay. And what's, what's the weather like in Boston? Is there some sun?
1: Uh, it is cloudy today as it often is in Boston, but uh, weather is, is mild and pleasant.
0: Okay, okay. So why don't we just start straight off with you introducing yourself to our listeners and giving us some background as well as the mission of One Power Africa
1: sure so my name is Matt Oros and I co-founded one power as a corporation in Lesotho in 2015 with Amy Miller who's our chief financial officer Amy and I and and Brian urban all met at MIT in, in grad school and founded a, an NGO in Lesotho focusing on energy access training and capacity building and circa 2015 we we realized that the mission that we could have the most impact with is as, a, as this kind of social, Enterprise focusing on off-grid electrification through mini grids. So we became an energy access service delivery company, and since then have grown to a team of about eleven in Lesotho, plus plus or minus an additional four or five interns or fellows at at any given time. And we have two business divisions. One is focused on building the country's first on-grid solar farm, which is a twenty megawatt project with partners from the. Norwegian Development Finance Institution, Norfund, and Scottex Solar, which is, a, which is a Norwegian EPC, engineering procurement construction company and investor. And then the other business division, which is really the one closer to my heart, is in the off-grid space. So we have signed the, the country's first nine concession agreements with the, the government of Lesotho for a service territory in rural parts of Lesotho that when the portfolio is completed, it would be electrifying over 30,000 people for the first time. And this is with financial support that is that has come through Renewable Energy Performance Platform, REP, and the European Union Energy, DFI, Electrify. And both of these transactions, we've been supported by EU GetInvest, in particular, Michael Feldner and his colleagues have helped us a lot with structuring financial transactions and with obtaining the kind of regulatory approvals that we needed to have the consent and permission of Lesotho authorities to conduct business as a electricity retailer. So that's that's one power and the mission really is just to get affordable electricity to places that don't have electricity. And this is personally an impactful mission and purpose for me because I actually spent two years living in a remote village in the mountains of Lesotho without electricity or running water. And it impressed upon me the need for energy infrastructure in, in out of the way places in africa and so my my career has has been dedicated towards addressing these kinds of issues and and one power as a you know socially responsible company is is the vehicle for for how we can have this kind of impact and and bring electricity to to these remote parts of sub-saharan africa
0: yeah absolutely and uh, i mean it sounds like that that will be a, a massive impact uh, something I just want to touch on before we we talk more about sort of the impact and, and the application is, uh, so you mentioned sort of agreements with the Lesotho government. I think for some European companies, and whether it's investors or whether it's, you know, sort of solar companies or, or innovators, there's uh, a fear around Africa as a continent due to regulatory difficulties, infrastructural challenges, but also just, yeah, in general, as you said, dealing with the government and... I'm curious if you can touch on your experience here and maybe talk about any challenges you had and how you overcame them.
1: Well, I think we had every challenge and, you know, it's, it's, <laughs> yeah. um, I think it, I think it's, it's necessary for, for the mindset to, to conduct business in Africa, to accept that it's a challenging environment from a governance and ease of doing business and regulatory standpoint. And you have to build your business from the beginning, you know, with the ability to overcome these kinds of challenges and, and, and acceptance that this is part of part of doing business in Africa is closing the gap where you find gaps in terms of statute or or, or regulations. So in Lesotho, when we when we founded One Power, there w- there was no there was no regulatory framework. So there's no statute or laws that that govern mini grids. What is in place is that there's a regulator for generation and distribution of electricity which was designed to, to really accommodate large utility scale projects and and the national utility operator which is the Lesotho electricity company. So given this sort of absence of, of a regulatory framework it, it became necessary for us to, to find a way to, to legally do business outside of the areas where where the, the utility has a service territory. And you know, we had many conversations even before we founded the company going back to twenty thirteen. So over the last seven years or so. And so this is to your listeners and to other companies that, that are interested in doing business in Africa, I think, you know, Lesotho is 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 not necessarily the same as other parts. I know in Eastern Africa, there's there's quite well established regulatory frameworks and, and this isn't something that every company has to deal with. But in Lesotho there wasn't there wasn't any regulatory framework. And in fact, there there's still there still is not an approved, you know, uh, gazetted statute around mini grids. There's a there's a regulatory framework that's been proposed in which we've given private sector view and perspective on what that should look like. It's being considered by the Department of Energy, but it's yet to go into cabinet for approval or or be be gazetted. So so how do we do business? What what we've done is we we approached the the government, not just ourselves, but we with our partners from from EU Get Invest and also the United Nations, which which was interested in supporting mini-grids projects in Lesotho. We've approached the government, first of all, to 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 help draft the regulatory framework. So the UN provided consultant services to get a draft in place. We brought in pro bono legal Consultants from, from Sidley Austin LLP to provide legal advice at, at no cost to us or to the government of Lesotho on, on the, the, the regulatory framework. And this was this was organized through a, an organization called Trust Law, which which provides pro bono legal assistance to to, to companies that are that have a social benefit mission. So we approached them with this regulatory framework and we, and we started a process to align on, on what that should look like. In the meantime, not, not wanting to really wait indefinitely for, for the kind of parliamentary and cabinet processes, we, we drafted a, a separate agreement, which is really just a bilateral one off agreement with the government that, that provides a, a concession service territory that provides a basis for a framework agreement on the the cost reflective tariff that can be charged and what the modality would be if the grid is to interconnect with the with the off-grid asset that the that the private sector would put in in the rural communities for electrification so kind of the key aspects of of what does need to be covered in a regulatory framework can also be covered in a standalone agreement and we went through a process which satisfied Procurement requirements, so even though the government of Lesotho wasn't financing the project, the financing came through REP, the Renewable Energy Performance Platform. Even though the government wasn't financing our, our first pilot, they, they required us to go through a procurement process to, to obtain the, the award of the, of the service territory in the in the form of that concession agreement. So we went through that process in 2019. We signed that first concession agreement in December last year. And on the basis of, of having kind of set that precedent and, and achieved that first concession, we, we followed on with an additional eight concessions through a program where the procurement aspects was run by the, the UN. So in total, we have nine concession areas. And as I mentioned, it covers a, a territory in Lesotho where about 30,000 people are living. And one power is now the authorized service provider for distributing electricity. In those areas. So with this concession agreement, we were then able to apply to the regulator. Because in Lesotho, under two megawatts is not regulated, or is is rather it doesn't require a license to, to sell electricity if you're under two megawatts, but you still do need to approach the regulator and make the same application. And it's just that the determination comes in the form of an exemption instead of a license. So with the concession agreements in hand, we were able to get the environmental clearances. We were able to get the license exemptions from the regulator, the Lesotho Electricity and Water Authority. We were able to apply for the construction permits and have everything in place that legally enables us to design, build, own, and operate energy infrastructure in remote communities to provide electricity on a commercial basis to to customers.
0: Okay, that that's, that's a really helpful, detailed overview of... The process of setting up, and, and as you said, as even in a place that might not have uh, sort of clearly defined regulations or a frame, framework, that that it's still possible with maybe just a, an enough perseverance. I, I want to move on now to actually discuss the the projects themselves. So, and maybe starting, you know, from a very general perspective of how One Power directly improves the lives of people in the region in in, in Lesotho, because I know as you've mentioned, it's. Helped many connect to electricity for the first time, which is obviously itself a huge benefit. But I wonder if there's sort of yeah, sort of wider benefits or wider implications of the project.
1: Sure, I should probably preface this though just by letting you know that the you know in terms of the portfolio of mini grids, we're we're at the construction phase, so we haven't we haven't interconnected all thirty thousand people. We we had just obtained the approval for the pilot in December of last year, so. We've got the first connections. We'd, we'd actually connected the we'd actually connected the the first connections at that site prior to obtaining the in anticipation of, of obtaining the government approval. We we did make the first connections at the pilot site back in February of of 2019. So those folks have had power for more than a year and a half now, and we did so kind of under a, a provisional dispensation where we where we treated it as a, as a research project in, in collaboration with the national university of lesotho but since obtaining the concession and the license exemption from the regulator it's 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 a fully commercial operation it's just the number of connections is limited as, and we're in the process right now of, of ramping up to the to the portfolio at the you know entering into construction where we're in the process of, of procuring all the major equipments and getting the and getting the poles and the wires the reticulation networks set up mm-hmm. at the at the various locations so in terms of the, the impact though of the of the kind of the beta customers for one powers mini grids I would say that you know I think the, there, there are common uses of electricity that that, that we found in In our pilot site, and also in in some of the kind of earlier pilots that that we'd worked on at health clinics, health clinics have kind of specific electrical loads that are are relevant to their health mission. So, you know, diagnostic tools and and kind of treatment, x-ray machines, modems, internet connections for telemedicine. But they also have staff housing at these remote clinics where people are just basically living in houses and and so it's the same with our household customers. We have two schools, also a church at the at the pilot. So across clinics, schools, churches, houses, you'll find that the you know the the foremost use of electricity is in lighting. So instead of candles or kerosene at dusk people people can fire up their hopefully LED or, or CFL or other efficient light bulbs, but have light inside their inside their homes or their facilities to, to be able to, you know, conduct business or just live, you know, without having to, to worry about, you know, replenishing candles or, or, or paraffin. So that's the, that's the main use we found. We also, we, 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 undertake a, an appliance training when we connect people. So our, our beta customers at our pilot site, which is a, it's a community called Hamakebe, which is north of, north of the capital in Masaru in the, the Berea district. We connected those people after having gone through a, a procedure where we do some safety orientation and we also train on on you know what are what are the appropriate uses of electricity in terms of you know cost effectiveness because when you're paying a cost reflective tariff, you know, electricity is, is is a premium. So you want to use it as efficiently as possible. So we we explain about how energy efficient appliances, refrigerators, energy efficient light bulbs can can help them to to reduce their costs for for electricity. And in addition to lighting, we found households are are using power for refrigerators, they're using power for televisions, they're using power to charge their cell phones, to charge any other devices that they might have. In one case, there was a family that procured a, an Xbox, which is avidly being used by a few teenagers, <laughs> okay. and, and many others in the community. At the schools, the you know the the teachers, the principals are benefiting from being able to use you know primarily lighting, but also computers. They have a printer, so the you know the uses of electricity vary from from application to application. But yeah, we see a diversity of uses of electricity. It it ranges from lighting to domestic appliances to things that are equipment that are more meant to serve a mission or or a business purpose.
0: Okay, excellent. And I mean as you've rightly pointed out, I mean the the impact is is massive and and obviously has has a lot of applications. I'm wondering a little bit now about even future plans. I mean maybe this is <laughs> this is a little uh uh, premature, just because you're, you know, you're, you're, you're still in the construction phase of, of this project. But I'm wondering what your, you know, plans are for expanding potentially into other Southern African markets or, or other markets in general in Africa.
1: Yeah, we. So your, your question about, you know, what, what, what is One Power's plan to expand into to other markets? Our, our intention has has always been to to grow beyond Lesotho. Lesotho is is our first market. And it's, it's a market that we care about very deeply and we, we won't be satisfied with just 30,000 connections in Lesotho. We'll keep going in Lesotho. We'll grow that portfolio to add additional communities. We've, we have another project that's, that's in the planning phase right now to, to add an additional four areas of, of concessional territory Primarily to, to tr- actually to try to have an emergency COVID response to to start with anchor customers at the, the health facilities in those areas and then expand fr- from a generation hub at the, the health clinics to connect, you know, the hundreds or so households that that are in the surrounding communities. So there's, there's over a million people in Lesotho that have no electricity. So uh, our first portfolio connecting 30,000, we still have room to grow in Lesotho. At the same time and in parallel, had it not been for the the COVID situation in Lesotho this year, we would have been incorporating one power Zambia. We still plan to do that as soon as restrictions are lifted for travel. We we anticipate Zambia being the the next market that we that we enter. We do have an incorporation in in East Africa and Uganda. We're looking also at Malawi, Mozambique, Madagascar. We see ourselves as having an advantage in in the kind of in the off the beaten path parts of 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 Africa. There's a lot of mini grid activity right now in Nigeria and in East Africa, and that's not to say that those markets are saturated because there's a there's a vast number of of unconnected people in in in, in kind of West and East Africa. But at the same time, it, it seems to be a little bit of neglect, maybe from the from the mini grid sector in, in Southern Africa, and with our headquarters in Lesotho. And our production facilities based there. We see ourselves as being in a good position to satisfy demand for rural electrification in in places like Zambia. So Zambia is our next market, sub-Saharan Africa, all of it is is on the table, but specifically Southern Africa, I, I think is is already you know, our area where we have operations and where we wanna look to expand our operations. So you can expect to see us in Zambia next year and and hopefully you know, beyond that, additional connections, both inside Lesotho and in, in other
0: countries as well. So looking even further ahead, I'm curious, as somebody that, is, you know, has, has a lot of experience um, in Africa and and knows, knows the solar sector well, I'm curious what you anticipate the African solar sector to look like in, in the next decade. So how it will change and just any sort of expectations you have for that?
1: I think that the, the energy sector in Africa is really dynamic at this time and, and has been, but especially with the advent of affordable solar home systems with pay-as-you-go technologies, there's really, there's really a viable technical and economic means to, to provide energy off-grid. And with mini-grids, you can provide energy at grid quality off-grid. So I think that the landscape in Africa is going to is going to see a, a more judicious trade off and, and and choice of investment between expanding grid versus really viable investments in in off grid technology and off grid business operations. So I think you'll you know from a if you visualize the you know the the connected and the unconnected parts, or you could probably think back to the you know there's a there's a satellite image photo that's fairly famous of you know the world at night and you can see many many unlit areas uh, of of Africa most most of the most of the non-urban areas you know just not connected not part of national grids right now i think that you'll start to see pockets of light pop up that are not connected actually to the to the main grids that that you would currently see connecting populations in africa so i think that you're going to see the the off-grid areas starting to to grow and expand into those unconnected areas at a faster pace than than the grid expansion is occurring. There's a lot of investment in solar on the grid, so transitioning the existing generation fleet from more polluting, you know, coal-fired sources of generation to more climate-friendly renewable sources of generation. So that change is happening on the grid. But in terms of investment in a, in new transmission and distribution, I, I would say that that's that's lagging a bit, and then the pace of of connecting communities in Africa is it's really not on track to to reach you know the 500 million people in Africa that that don't have power. It's it's really only only in combination with a private sector initiative, obviously with support from from DFIs and 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 sources of of concessional finance, but. But also really leveraging, you know, commercial sources of funding from from banks and from from equity investors. I think it's only with that kind of private sector initiative that you'll you'll see mini grids growing exponentially to to accelerate the pace at which Africans are connected. So it's not it's not really one or the other. It will be both on grid and, and off grid expansion. But I think the relative proportion of the two is is going to increasingly favor and and and. Accelerate in in terms of the off grid aspect of this.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's that's an interesting vision of the future and and hopeful. As a very final note, I'm wondering if you have any message to send to our listeners, and, and particularly those that might have an interest in African solar projects, either from an investment or or even a development angle.
1: Well, I, I can say that anyone that's has a mindset that's you know solution oriented and has background or experience or interest in technology or finance or stakeholder engagement, environmental and social, you know, responsibility. If you're a linesman, if you're an electrician, if you're listening from from Lesotho, if you're listening in other parts of Africa where where we're planning to expand to, reach out to us. Come work for us. We have a fellowship program. We offer paid fellowships to to folks that that can bring expertise and. Kind of rotate through our organization on a on a six month time frame. We've had that program ongoing for for years and had a lot of impacts come through it. We're we're always looking to expand our our team and our footprint in Lesotho and in other parts of Africa. If you're already operating, for example, in Zambia and, and you think you're someone that can help us to to get situated and set up in terms of corporate aspects, legal facilities, stakeholder engagement, community engagement, liaising with government. Reach out to us, we'd be happy to hear from you. So we're always looking for new partners in our operations and our implementation of projects. It's a we're also happy to host, you know, people that are looking for kind of internship or educational opportunities. We've had a lot of success in the past with the US Fulbright Scholar program, having people focus their research agenda on different aspects of of related to the off-grid renewable energy space or mini-grids. We've had people work on smart meters. From a technology standpoint, we've had people that look at productive uses of electricity as a ancillary aspect of the mini-grid business. So it's almost its, it's, its own separate business, really, to promote small and medium enterprises that consume electricity and, and drive demand for electricity in mini-grids communities to provide business development services and training and, and microfinance for appliances, seed investment. And that came through our... Affiliation with some Fulbright-funded researchers. Uh, Her name's Erica, Erica Franks, who did that work, and we're building on that to actually start a a subsidiary business that focuses entirely on driving productive uses of electricity and growing businesses in in our mini grids communities that can utilize that electricity. So, in terms of partnerships, we're a very hands-on team. You know, we like to. We have a production facility and factory where we build single-axis tracking structures that we've developed. We localize the manufacturing of that. We have a, a lot of capabilities in, in engineering, design, research, and development. On the, the finance side, we're always happy to, to speak with sources of capital, whether it's working capital, whether it's project finance at the corporate level or at the SPV level. We operationalize these mini grids through a ring-fenced entity, which is a SPV, so a special purpose vehicle. And that serves as the as the recipient of the, the debt and the equity for the mini-grid portfolio projects. So we have partners from, from Rep and Electrify that are that are have already funded or committed funds. In the case of Electrify, the feasibility study, in the case of Rep, the, the pilot project. And you know, we're happy to talk with additional investors interested in our portfolio in Lesotho. Or any business development activities or future portfolios, the door is always open. We have a website, which is onepowerafrica.com. And anybody can reach out to me via email. My email is mso at onepowerafrica.com. And we're happy to speak with prospective investors, with prospective partners, prospective employees. Or just representatives of communities. We do a lot of stakeholder engagement. We talk with local chiefs, local councillors, district authorities. If you're if you're from a, a district or or a council or or a you know chief in, of a village somewhere in Lesotho or outside of Lesotho, and you think that uh, One Power is is potentially the the answer to the electrification needs of your community, reach out to us. We're we're always open to to have these conversations there's a lot of there's a lot of room for us to grow as i mentioned there's still 500 million africans without electricity and so we have our work cut out for us as does every other mini grid company every other solar home system company there's work for years to come for all of us to to try to bring solutions to address these challenges in this market
0: absolutely and it sounds like there's a lot of opportunities to get involved with one power so I think that yeah, that sounds like a, a really exciting possibility. So, you know, putting putting the word out to all of our listeners. I just wanted to thank you, Matt, for your time. And it's it's been really fascinating for me to to get a sense of your operations and your experience in, in Africa. So I, I appreciate that.
1: Thank you, Lucas. It's been a pleasure and I appreciate you spreading the word. Great. All
0: right. Talk later, Matt. Bye-bye. Cheers. Many emerging markets are outpacing developed markets in terms of solar scale-up, while other attractive markets still lack capital and infrastructure for large-scale deployment. Solar Power Europe's emerging markets workstream identifies business and cooperation opportunities in emerging markets outside of Europe, with the aim of contributing to energy transitions around the world. Get Invest is a European program supported by the European Union, Germany, Sweden, the Netherlands, and Austria, which supports investments in decentralized renewable energy projects. It targets private sector business and project developers, financiers, and regulators to build sustainable energy markets. Learn more at www.get-invest.eu. Thanks for listening. And until next time, shine on.